0: This is the Senior Living Truth Series podcast, where we have candid conversations about complex issues facing today's mature adults. No sales pitch, only the truth. I'm Dr. Nikki Buckaloo. Welcome to the show. Good,
1: morning. I'll talk
0: to you Good morning. morning. Good
1: morning. What a beautiful
0: day we ended up with. Yeah. Right. So far. Yeah, we're going to get out of here and you're going to get home before the rain starts. That's my goal. All right. Uh, my name is Nikki Buckaloo. Do we have any new folks in the room? I met you earlier. We're so glad you're here. Anybody else over here? Yay! All right, let's give them a big welcome. Yeah. So, so um, uh, just a, a quick note. You know, I got here this morning, and I just felt so blessed. Our sponsors—they get here like at nine o'clock, nine fifteen, and they set up and they they pow out and they make sure they have all the materials here for you guys and. You know, there's such a good group of people, and I think sometimes I fail to remember. I mean, we go from month to month, and we do this every month, but I want to just make sure that we don't forget that the reason that this is possible is because of the people in this room back there making up this group. So can we appreciate them? <laughs> I do appreciate you guys more than you know. Um, Especially today, because this topic is not my expertise. As you know, I earned my PhD last year. When they said, Oh, it's Dr. Nikki Buckaloo, I said, Great, where's my prescription pad? (laughs) Uh, And they went, Oh, yeah, that's not the right kind of doctor. And I was like, Really? Five years? I went through all that, no prescription pad? But I did learn a few things, and I have uh, some really great source material that I'm going to be sharing with you today uh, because I'm not a doctor, and uh, I worked in a hospital. You guys may not know this. I worked at Deaconess Hospital uh, back in, I guess, late 1990s as a mental health tech on the uh, adult unit, um, also on the geriatric side for a little while, and I really had no idea what it was like to work in a hospital uh, until then, and that was two years of very... uh, learning, what do you call it, by fire, right? Trial by fire or something like that. Um, So that was very interesting. I also worked for uh, Integris as a case manager for a couple of years after I got my bachelor's. And uh, so I worked in several hospitals with a lot of really great medical folks there. Um, I realized that was not for me. I mean, it was really quick for me to understand. I did not want to work in the hospital environment. It just wasn't me. I'm glad people do it, and there's some really great people out there.
1: We also have a lot of
0: changes happening in healthcare, yeah? Yeah, so we're going to be talking about that today. So, guess what? We have some experts in the room, and you know who they are? All of us. That's right. We've all experienced healthcare at some point in our lives, some more, some less. And we also have some great professionals in the room that are going to be speaking to some of these things as well. But uh, you know, I think that uh, not only has healthcare changed, but we've changed, haven't we? As as a, as as a people, we're living longer. Um, we're living healthier longer. Um, people are living well into their 90s and, and even early you know the early 100s, 103, 107, um, active, right? Not not laying in a nursing home. That's what people do, but a lot of people are uh, they're doing well. Some people even work up until they're 90s and beyond. So um, let me take a quick survey of the room. How many of you in the room are officially retired? You do not work or are not employed somewhere. Okay, great, excellent, thank you. How many of you work part time currently? You have a job, you work part time. Okay, great, about five or so. And how many of you work full time still? Okay people here in the room and then how many of you I would say volunteer as if you're a full-time employee somewhere okay because <laughs> right. I know there's a lot of people that do that you're like what happened I thought I retired okay so I just was kind of trying to get a sense of, of where people are in their phase of life so we can kind of talk about the right things um, before we dive into the content for they have a little bit of housekeeping okay And uh, I was trying to decide, do I bring this up in the beginning or do I bring it up in the end, but I might as well put it out there now. Um, We have been uh, told by Francis Tuttle that after December, we will not have this space anymore. Oh. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. So so, um, you guys are, feel free to write a letter to whoever you need to write a letter to. (laughs) I can't tell you to do that, but. Uh, it has something to do with the fact that we have for-profit businesses as sponsors. Uh, so, uh, part of their charter, evidently, is that we can't uh, we can't sell, and we don't. But, so, I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm not asking you to be angry or go out and be our champion about that. What I am asking you to do is help us locate another venue that might be suitable for what we're doing, okay? Yeah, hold that thought. If, you, if you, And I know some of you have some great ideas, so write those on your evaluation form. Make sure you put your name with that so that we know if we need more information or if we need to let somebody know who told us about it. Um, we pay for the space, and we're happy to pay for space. Um, that's why our sponsors and all of us kick in to do that. Um, we prefer to not have to ever charge people that are coming if we don't have to. So keep that in mind. But um, so. Anyway, enough said on that topic. Um, The other little bit of housekeeping is uh, we do have the senior community bus tours that we're doing where we're going to look at uh, two to three senior living communities here in our area every month. And Connie uh, Williams, on my team back there with the Buffalo Realty Group, is leading those. And uh, we've done two. We did one. How many of you went on one either in September or October? Or uh, August or September, yeah. Good, yeah. Would you guys recommend it? Yes. Okay. Awesome. So we're going to be doing that again uh, here in October on the 31st. That group is full. We have a waiting list, but we're doing it again in November. So on your evaluation, if you'd like to circle on your evaluation that you want to go with a group, we have a bus provided. We pick. You know, we all meet at one location over by our office, which is over by Mercy and we pick you up and we all meet there and we go and then we bring you back and lunch is usually provided en uh, route by one of the communities then we won't do it in december but we'll do we'll start doing them again in january so if somebody brought up to me on the evaluation it might look a little confusing it says october full and then it says november and then it says 2020. so what i'm looking for there is if you're not going to do it in november but you do want to do it next year Go ahead and circle 2020, and that lets us know what the level of interest is to keep going and doing it. Okay? And then we'll get a hold of you about the dates and locations, and you can make a decision about when in 2020 you wanna do it. Okay? All right, very good. Well then, let's dive in uh, to this content. I'm gonna show you guys a a quick picture of one of the cutest kids in the whole wide world. Um, This is our grandson, Maverick. He turned two in July. And he he broke his leg recently. He fractured his, uh, I don't know, down here somewhere. And let me just show you a little bit of why he probably fractured his leg. Uh Yeah, he does that off of everything evidently did that at the playground when mom had turned her head for just a second and we ended up with uh, a cast. So Maverick is two. Do you think that was very hard? I mean, do you think that was tough for the doctor? You know, my daughter took him in to the urgent care, they had an x-ray, and they said, well, it's fractured and we're going to splint it, and then we're going to need to have you, you know, go have it casted. Um, so how difficult on a scale of one to ten is that these days for doctors? one or two level of difficulty. He doesn't have any cardiac problems. He doesn't have high cholesterol. He doesn't have diabetes. He doesn't take 23 medications and 14 supplements. (laughs) Lucky him, right? He's two. And so healthcare at two, is it different than at 72? Yes. Or 82? Or 102? Or even 48, right? It's different. So, uh, you know, bless his heart, I think he's still, he still one. I think she asked him, How old are you? and he said, One. But I thought, like, What a perfect picture, because in my opinion, he went into the doctor for one problem. Just one. And that's really all they had to deal with, right? So uh, she did take him to get his cast put on, and when she got to the first referral that they gave her, they didn't take her insurance. So they had to wait over the weekend. You're going to get it casted uh, someplace which would, which would take her insurance so they had to wait a few days it was inconvenient but it was manageable right so he's down for us in two weeks you can't put pressure on it four weeks cast will probably come off he'll be good to go how many of you wish you could heal in four weeks and be good to go <laughs> from a break right yeah right when we're young we heal differently we we our bodies are just different so I want to just kind of share something with you that you all know, but I just thought it might be fun to, you know, poke fun a little bit at in the industry. But, so here's the types of health care that we have, okay? I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but we have multiple different types of health care, right? We have preventative, we have restorative, we have critical care, trauma care, long-term care, palliative care. But what about self-care? Who's in charge of that? Right, me, myself, and I, as we used to say, right? And so, when we think about all these different care levels, um, one of the first things that happens is, well, what kind of care do I need, right, on any given day? Well, most of us, you know, in, in our earlier years, we do what kind of care? Preventative. It's almost all preventative. I talked to my son the other day, he quit a job, is doing something different now, and he says, I'm really worried I don't have insurance. I said, when was the last time you were the doctor? <laughs> He said, for my insurance physical, a year or two ago. You know, he has not have any problems, so he really just needs to go for an annual physical. He needs to keep an eye on things, right? Uh, but restorative is when we have a problem and we need to get restored, right? We need, so we go to our primary care doc or we go to our specialist we get we have a problem and we, we go to restorative medicine, right? What about critical care? What do we use it for? emergencies crisis disease right Um, what about trauma care? yeah accidents yeah things like broken legs and car accidents or falls or something that we need immediate attention right you're not breathing well you're having a heart attack you know okay what about long-term care what's that for thank you for that word thank you (laughs) degenerative yeah so this is this is things aren't going to get better Right, Things are probably either going to stay status quo or maybe even uh, decline a little bit. And so you need, this is when it starts to get complicated, right? Okay. What about palliative care? Everybody knows what that is if you were at our seminar that Matt and him did so well, right? What is palliative care? Hospice. Yeah. Hospice. Hospice, thank you. I'm sorry, I thought you said hospital. I was trying to, I knew that wasn't right. Yeah, it's, it's end of life usually and or with a terminal illness. Um, or some sort of chronic disease that needs to be managed. And so palliative care is quality of life. They're trying to help you manage all these things that might be going on, or one thing that's going on, to help you maintain a quality of life, right? Okay, so which one of these do we frequent the most as a society? Right. Preventative and restorative, right? All these others are kind of an as needed situation. So that's what we're gonna be talking about today, is the The preventative and restorative side of this now oh i also need to share this with you this is good news you ready so in all of my planning for this i intended on having a panel and i had this most stellar panel set up that you could even imagine and well so two weeks ago that cratered and so uh, you get me instead here's the good news because i had to do this today i did immense amount of research and i called on our buddy dr richard smith you guys remember him yeah. And he was wonderful. I mean, the evaluations came back as he's, yeah. So I didn't want to over ask. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to over ask people in that position because when you really need them, you want to be able to call on them. So I called and I emailed him and asked him if he could send me some notes on this topic. And we talked on the phone and he said, well, do you want me to just come out and do the talk? <laughs> Uh, yeah and he said when is it I said Thursday he went oh Thursday <laughs> he has clinic today so he said he would come on the 22nd which is when we're going to be at the more Norman Botech this month doing the same topic so good news are you ready how fun is this I love our sponsors so I called Jill this morning at 745 and said hey what do you think about providing some transportation down to the more Norman Votek for our north side people that don't like to drive past I-40. And she said, great, she called her team at Spanish Cove and they're gonna provide us with a couple of shuttles for people who would like to go hear Dr. Smith speak next uh, time on the 22nd. How many of you think that's cool? Yeah? So yeah, so we're gonna part A today and part B on the 22nd. You can drive down and we just need you to register it, like you do for this one so we don't have any seats and let Naomi know that you're gonna come and then if you need transportation and then we'll get with you and let you know you wanna write on your eval today that you're coming and if you need transportation, just write that on there. That way we can count, okay? So we're gonna kinda lay the groundwork for it today and then Dr. Smith is going to answer some of those more uh, administrative, like um, hospital administrator type questions that you're gonna have, okay? So I told him to be ready because I was going to prep you guys today with some hard questions. I to like stomp Dr. Smith, which I don't think we'll be able to do. All right, so here are the primary care docs. Uh, this is where it got interesting for me because uh, I started researching based on this book that I, I just, I really like this book, you guys. If you have not read it, I think I have a picture of it. Um, it's called Treat Me, Not My Age. Treat Me, Not My Age. It's uh, author's Mark Lax, L-A-C-K, I'm sorry, L-A-C-H-S, and he is a physician. This was written in 2010. I actually picked up this copy at the library because I, I listened to him on Audible, but I wanted a hard copy to have today. Um, so it was written in 2010. There are a few links to some things like websites that are just, they, they go someplace different now. But other than that, guys, this book is very thorough in terms of the health issues uh, in in the aging side of things. He is what is called a geriatrician. How many of you know what a geriatrician is? Okay. You'd be amazed at how many folks i talk talked to who have never heard that word before. So let me just explain what it is. So we have doctors that are family practice doctors, right, which most of us have kind of gone to our whole lives, probably. And then we have internal medicine doctors who are, they have specialty in internal medicine, and sometimes those are your general practitioners or your primary care doctors. And then we have general practice doctors, um, which I don't really know what's different, but they're general practice, so they're kind of a jack of all trades, right? And then you have geriatricians. Geriatric specialist. Now, how many of you right now are sitting there going, I'm not a geriatric patient? Right? Well, it's, and I have a hard time with that word too because it conjures up, you know, what what we don't like about being older. And uh, so the fact is, in his book, he says something really smart. He says, you know, you can become geriatric overnight at age 45. If you have lots of issues all at one time and they're all intertwined, that's where geriatric medicine comes in. It's not when you just have one or two things, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. It's when you've got multiple systems that are all struggling and you're having to work together. So if you're, you know, if you've got diabetes and heart issues and blood pressure issues and COPD and you've got some memory loss coming on, a geriatrician is someone who looks at the whole person and tries to put the puzzle pieces together to solve how to make that all work and, and alleviate that, right? They look at all your medications rather than a family practice doctor or an internist or general practice doctor who is looking at the presenting problem. Does that make sense? Okay, now I'm not going to say all geriatricians are the same because that would be like saying all real estate agents are the same. It just doesn't work that way, right? It's Every doctor's gonna be different. But geriatricians have a specialty in that they've been trained beyond regular um, family practice to work with older clients. So that means they also understand the drug interactions of someone who's 80 versus somebody who's 50 or 60 or 40. They understand the dosing is different, right? Things like that. So, uh, I went online to the uh, Oklahoma Medical Board to see how many specialties there were in medicine. How many do you think there are?
2: I don't know, because I didn't count, but just look
0: at the slides for a second. Every one of these is a different set of specialties. Ready? There's geriatric.
1: Yes, just doctors. Well, and OTs and
0: uh, occupational therapists are thrown in there, too, yeah. Okay, so there you go, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, seven slides of specialties. And I just, I mean, I just kept, I'm like, oh my lord. So which which specialty do you think is the most common for doctors to choose uh, out of uh, medical school these days?
1: internal. I haven't heard it yet. Sports
0: medicine and pediatrics. Two most popular
1: currently.
0: Now, I did a search of only geriatric physicians in Oklahoma County that were taking patients and that had no, um, they had to been reprimanded, whatever you call that. So I didn't want the bad doctors. I just wanted a good doctor. So there are only four that have been out. Forty-five geriatric specialty doctors in Oklahoma County listed as Oklahoma County. hundred and forty-three pediatric ones. So you guys see where I'm going with this, right? Okay. Now, of those forty-five, is it forty-five? Of those forty-five, what you need to know is they're not all in <coughs> a practice. Not all of these are. They only work nursing communities. They only work as medical directors of assisted living, or they only work, you know, in certain environments. They aren't taking patients in their offices. Of those forty-five, I only found about ten to twelve that actually take patients. Now, I did not give them all to you because I, I, I just couldn't. I didn't have the space. But what I did do was I gave you a handout. That lists um, from the Oklahoma Board of Medical Licensure and Supervision a list of the however many that is, um, not very many, that from that website said they were taking new patients, said they take Medicare, and had not been reprimanded by the board. Uh, On the back of that flyer, I put a (coughs) couple of doctors on there that came up prominently and have been highly recommended by a lot of folks I know. And our health care people back here may want to recommend some others if I don't have them listed. Karen Ross, who is a Mercy doc, she's there on May Avenue. And then the uh, OU physicians at the OU Health Science Center have a geriatric department, and they call it the Senior Health Center. And there are one, two, three, four, five, six docs uh, listed there. One of them being Brian Strzok, who has also been someone told me uh, they recommended. So, does anybody in the room see Karen Ross currently? Is, is that your doctor by chance? One? Okay. Does anybody see uh, Brian Strzok by chance? No? One? Okay, great. So um, so most of us, I know my dad and my stepdad and I and i have been talking about their health care, and they go see internists and they see general practitioner doctors, and here's what happens when we walk in. They say, what's going on with you today, Ron? And my dad says, well, my breathing's not good. And he says, well, have you stopped smoking, Ron? And he says, no, sir, I'm trying. And he says, well, what else is going on? Tells them so we deal with that. And he's a pretty good guy. I like him. But here's the other problem. Once we get in, it isn't the problem. What the problem is is getting there. Getting in to see him sometimes. When you're having breathing problems, when you want to see the doctor? So appointments are two to three weeks out. We'll get you in two weeks. Yeah, so guess where my dad goes?
1: To the emergency
0: room in Yukon. Because he lives out in western Oklahoma. He lives in Geary. So he goes to the Mercy uh, emergency room in Yukon. Here's what he told me last time he went. He had shingles. He went to the emergency room. I said dad why didn't you call your primary care doctor and make an appointment? That's really not an emergency per se. And he said well they can't get me in very quick and it it's faster to get to the Yukon ER and they're much nicer over here anyway. So my dad has decided that the Yukon ER is his new primary care doctor. <laughs> good for him, but we laugh. But What's the cost of that, you guys? Think about that. I, and I'm just saying, I, I, right or wrong, I'm not judging here because I get it. I mean, I do, I do get it. And there's part of me that's just glad he went. But we have to ask ourselves, what is that doing to our system? What is that doing to our fiscal system? What is that doing to Medicare? Every time we go to the emergency room. And here's the cool you know like I said his doctor says hey Ron what's going on what else is going on what else is going on here's what the emergency doc said that day because I met him over there I said would you also mind checking his uh his ankles to see if he has any swelling because he had had some a while back and he goes well that's not really what he's here for today but I'll check on uh. really and then I said you know he's having a little bit of trouble with his face he's got some like I don't know, infection or dermatitis or something, and I said, do you have any ointment that you might be able to, and he goes, well, he's here for breathing, and that's what we're treating him for. And he can go see his primary care doctor about that. See, emergency room medicine is not meant to deal with the whole person, is it? It's meant to deal with what? The immediate, urgent problem, which is he couldn't breathe, okay? So what we're doing is our healthcare system, because of some of the issues that we're having, has caused us to take the path of least resistance and sometimes the path of least resistance is pricey okay so we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second because i got some truths for you okay so this is fun thought this cartoon was cute
1: <laughs> smart kid yeah. i can see my
0: granddaughter So I went to a a new doctor here in Oklahoma. When we moved from Austin I kept my OBGYN and my regular doctor in Austin because I don't go that often. So I thought yeah I'll make the annual trip back to get my annual exams and things like that. Been doing that for five years. It's time to get a doctor here locally. So I did. I upon recommendation from friends and family. I went to one doctor who I was assured was the right one. I was excited, thrilled to death to be there got to the doctor's uh, appointment 15 minutes early per their request, had all my paperwork filled out per their request, checked in at the little kiosk per their request, and then I waited 45 minutes. And then I got in and sat down in my little gown for another 45 minutes before I finally went to social media and expressed my concern, because that's what we do these days. Go to social media, and we tell everybody on Facebook how pissed off we are. We're sitting in the doctor's office. Oh, y'all don't do that. I'm sorry, I do
1: that.
0: <laughs> and I sent them a message because I couldn't get anybody to I'd look out the door, and there wasn't anybody there. And so I thought, well, screw it. I'll just tweet it on their little computer thing. And so I sent them a message that said, "Is anybody here? Really? Hello. Is anybody here?" I typed it and then I sent it. Doctor finally comes in, I'm visibly frustrated because i have now had my day schedule screwed. I had to do my appointment. So I said to her, she said, how are you today? I said, do you want my honest answer? And she said, well, yes. I said, I'm not happy. Well, didn't they tell you that my surgery ran late this morning? I said, no, they did not. Well, they were supposed to tell you. I said, well, they did not. I'm so sorry. Now, that's not the right way to start a patch smear. It's just not. Ladies, right? Come on. Well, I'm sorry you're upset. Go ahead and lay back and put your feet in these stirrups. Oh, joy. So, here's what I learned, though. Her nurse, who's wonderful, asked me for my medications. Now, I take some, some hormones, take a thyroid pill, and I take some supplements. Right for preventative. I couldn't for the life of me tell you what those doses were. Didn't not have them written down. Didn't have my pill bottles with me. Took me 15 minutes just to try to think about them. Looked them up online. Couldn't find them. She put them all in the best way she could. But she is not computer savvy at all and she'll tell you that. I don't like the computer. So between me not remembering and her slow typing, it took at least 15 minutes just to type my medications in. Whose fault was that? Every bit of mine right so I take personal responsibility for that appointment being a total disaster now we've made amends and we're moving on down the road because she is a good doctor but here's what I'm saying to you is that I when I voice my frustration on Facebook about having to sit in that dadgum doctor's office all that time and it's not the first time at different doctors offices my friend Linda who's a surgeon in Seattle or Portland or Salem Salem, 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 Salem. she put on Facebook Nikki, chances are Everybody else before you got there 15 minutes late, which put you right. So she said, The problem isn't the doctor sometimes, it's the patients, right? Now, it's not you people in this room because I know everybody here was 30 minutes early today, and it's fine. But the thing is, we've got to be prepared, right? We've got to be prepared, and we've also got to hold our doctors accountable. I told her that day when I left they wanted me to schedule my follow-up visit and I said well I want to know what time I need to be here so that I get seen at my appointment time. So my well the first appointment is at 8.30 in the morning. And I said that's the appointment I want. I don't care what day, just pick a day. But I'm not sitting here for two hours waiting on her. So she said okay. And guess what? I was there, I got in, I got out, it worked out fine. Whose responsibility is it to get what you want? Ours.
2: Okay, so here we go. We're going to do some truths.
0: We're going to run through these and we're going to kind of elaborate on them. And I'm going to ask you guys to kick in some advice here on some of these too. Medicine is big business, yeah? That's a truth. Okay, so here's what I learned from Dr. Smith. He said, you know, Nikki, he said, one of the challenges is these doctors that work for hospital systems are required to have a certain number of what they call RVUs. And that's the payment terminology right so they have to see a certain number of patients with a certain level of care that's there's a criteria that Medicare puts forth right so if they don't hit that number what happens they're penalized yeah they're penalized so why do you think our appointments are so fast right is it they've got it they have to turn you through it that's why nurses are so important in these Um, environments because the nurses are the ones that absorb most of the stuff that that happens in those offices right that's why their staff is so important your doctor um, oh I was going to add one more comment to that uh, to that when I I typed it up so there's a couple of things if we want to get in and get out faster which isn't always our goal our goal is to do what get what we need get seen and get out yeah because first of all, there's sick people there. Who wants to be there with the sick people? And if you're there for your regular annual exam, the last thing you want to do is sit there in the waiting room while everybody that's there because they're sick. So some of the things you can do, and this was, it's funny because I thought to myself, why has somebody not created this? Surely somebody's created this. So I went to Amazon, which is where you go to look for everything in the world now. And Amazon has a number of notebooks that you can buy that are pre-printed for your medical information. Or you could go to Walgreens and for about about 50 buy a three ring binder and some paper and you could create your own notebook. But to have with you, when you go to every single doctor's appointment, and this was advice from a nurse, a retired nurse that has worked in private practice as well as in hospitals, she said, Nikki, everybody needs to walk in the door with a notebook. And that notebook needs to have their list of prescriptions, their current labs, or the most recent labs, if they've had them, any testing that they've had done, any other doctors that they're seeing for what, they need to have everything in there, including why they are being seen that day. She said if everybody would come and just hand us the notebook and so that we could see what you know what's going on, she said you know how much faster we could process people through, right? But we kind of have that old school, and I say we because I'm included in this, we have that old school mentality of I want to talk to my doctor. I want my doctor to have a conversation with me how many of you like that yeah well get over it because those days are over they are and it's not that they don't want to I think some of them really do I just don't think they have the ability to unless you're paying a what concierge doctor yeah so some of these doctors have gone to a concierge format where you're paying an annual membership fee so you pay this annual membership fee to offset what they're not getting in reimbursements so that they can spend more time with you. So there's a trade-off for more time, and it's called money, right? You guys get that? How many of you are using a concierge doc or clinic right now? Thinking about it, so I got one, yes, okay. My dad did it. When his doctor converted to that, he called me and he said, what do you think? I think it's like $1,500 or something for the year, I think, and he said, what do you think? And I said, I don't know. What do you think? And he said, well, he said, he said, I'll get more personalized service. And I said, well, if that's true, then is that worth $1,500 to you? And he said, yes. And you know what? When I call that office and ask a question about my dad, they call me back immediately. I get the same call. I, I can call and say, I need to talk to the doctor. They schedule time. He calls me by the end of the day. I've asked him things. He's I mean, he's done things that I, it's worth it to me. The $1,500, if I have to pay it myself, is worth it. Okay. Not everybody offers that. Yeah, Cindy, you want to add to that?
3: I just texted my doctor today because we're getting flu shots at Spanish Co. for employees. And I just texted him because I have a concierge doctor. And he texted me right back about did I need a specific kind yeah. of flu shot.
0: So concierge doctors are making themselves more available, yep. right? Either themselves or their staff, and in many cases <clears throat> with them personally. And she's texting back and forth with her doctor. How many of you could text your doctor right now and get a text back from her? <laughs> a few. Not very many. Okay. Okay. So the other thing I want to add to this was uh, that uh, portals. How many of you are so sick of patient portals you could just? Yeah. If you're not a computer person, some of you do you even know what a patient portal is. Because you all have one. If you go to a doctor, I promise you, you have a patient portal. All that is is your online communication system with your doctor. If you don't use the computer, don't worry about it because you won't use it, but a lot of doctors are going to that, and that's where they communicate with you, so they upload your lab reports, they upload your appointments, they upload messages, they want you to send email that way because it's secure, it's a HIPAA thing, right? it's a protection of your privacy, I get it, but good lord have mercy, it took me like 12 times to try to get in the other day, so please understand these doctors don't like this any more than we do. But sometimes it's a requirement. Okay, so the next one is oops, your doctor
1: matters. Yeah, you want to add to that? Well, what is the name of the book that you have on my name on? Do you know? Notebook. A notebook that you I didn't because there were
0: several. Okay. I all I did was Google Medical Records Notebook. Okay. And now be careful because there's two types. There's a patient type. And then there's a type for residents who are doing rounds in hospitals and stuff. And you don't want the kind that doctors use, you want the kind that you'll use. Yeah. And, and so yeah. Yeah, yeah, if you get one and you like it, bring it sometime and let me see what it looks like so that I can recommend it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So let's, uh, let's talk real quick about your doctor choosing wisely. Um, has anybody ever fired their doctor before? Yeah. Fired the doctor.
1: Fired the doctor.
0: Yeah. Sometimes you need to fire your doctor. It's a pain changing doctors, it is a real pain. But if your doctor is not taking care of what you need, then you need a new doctor. So, can you have more than one doctor? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, so I went to my my doctor, uh, cousin, Dr. Bob, who is an ear, nose, and throat doctor, he's retired now, but he said, you know, Nikki. he said, everybody needs one primary care doctor to manage the, ma- the mundane stuff, the-, the vaccines, the annual exams, the lab work, a hub. You need one person that kind of is that hub, right? And then you're gonna have these other specialists or whatever, but that one person who's your hub needs to be attentive to what's going on in your life. Case in point took my stepdad to his primary care doctor out at Yukon Mercy, who he's seen several times. We sat down, we're talking about his issue, and I said, now you know he had a hospitalization last year in Tulsa, right? And he goes, no, I didn't know that. I'm thinking, well how would he know that? How would he know that? It wasn't a Mercy hospital, so it's not in his records. It's our responsibility to inform that hub doctor Right of everything that's going on. Well, my stepdad's taking two medications that he doesn't prescribe. That that guy doesn't prescribe. How would he know what medications he's on unless we tell him? Because these hospitals do not communicate. Did you know what I found out from Dr. Smith? That um, Mercy Heart Hospital and Mercy Hospital do not communicate. They are not the same system. Or outpatient. So, just because you went to the heart hospital doesn't mean those records transfer over to the main Mercy Hospital. They use a system, he called it EPIC, and he said they just don't communicate. And he said, so naturally, integrists and Mercy don't communicate and and Alliance and and integrists don't communicate. So, if you're going to different doctors in different locations for different reasons that are not communicating, (laughs) Joy, I love you, you got your list, awesome. So here's the thing. I think we have to know that they don't communicate and we have to communicate with them. That's why they want to use these portals. Because ideally what they want you to do is upload your information to them. My dad can't even read a PDF document on his email. Much less upload something to a portal. So how do you get that information to your doctor? You hand carry it, mail it, or you have to ask that doctor to get it to that doctor. Right? And then you have to do what? Follow up. Follow up and make sure they actually got it right. Veterinarians are just as bad, by the way, I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, so referrals. This was a big one that came up with every person I asked for advice, which was doctors, nurses, healthcare people in the back of the room. Every one of on them I asked, they said referrals are the patient's choice. And too many people are taking referrals from their doctor and just taking it for granted and that's who they go with whether they're good or not and the retired nurse that I talked to Margaret she's hilarious and she said it's the good old boy system even though you don't think it is and she said and there are women in that good old boy system too so she said when you get a referral from a doctor question it. why are they good why would you would you use them Right? Then you go on and do your research or have somebody help you do research and check out their, their credentials. Because not every neurologist is the same, not every pulmonologist is the same, not every endocrinologist is the same. They're, they're different. Um, if you go to one and you don't like them, you're not stuck with them. Right? You can go to a different one. The problem is how long it takes to get into them, right? Then by the time you're into them, you're like, well crap, I don't like them, but I'm gonna wait three more months to go to another one. So guess what? Sometimes you gotta lie. You didn't hear me say that, we're not recording. Well we are recording, so we'll crop that. But sometimes you just have to let out say it's more emergent than it is to get a quicker appointment. My stepdad needed in. He's not doing well. But they couldn't get him into his primary care for three weeks. And I said, you know what? If you don't get him in, I'm taking him to the ER. He's having trouble breathing. I'm worried about him. If you don't get him in, I'm taking him to the ER. Three weeks turned into eight o'clock the next morning. I mean, I'm sorry, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do, right? When you care about somebody, so care about yourself. Referrals, ask around. Get a good referral. That goes for physical therapy, occupational therapy, any of the therapies, too. The doctor at Mercy, which, you know, I think he's a good enough guy. I don't think he's a bad guy, but here's what he said. I'm going to refer you to the pulmonologist over at Mercy. And I said, what about physical therapy for the arm?" And he said, well, I'll refer you to physical therapy here in Yukon at the Mercy. I said, he didn't live here. He lives over in Oklahoma City. Well, then I'll refer you to the Mercy in Oklahoma City. I said, what if I don't want Mercy in Oklahoma City? What if we have our own physical therapist? (sighs) You know, he's typing. He was visibly irritated, right, that I was requesting a different referral. Hospice is the same way. These doctors, they want to refer Mercy Hospice or whoever, not that they're bad, but if you have a recommended provider, home health provider, or hospice provider that you want, you have to take a stand and say, this is who I want. And if you have a reason I shouldn't want them, I want to know what it is and let them state their case. But they're going to do what's easy, right, for them. But if they also keep it in the family, who makes more money? Right. Mercy makes more money if they refer Mercy. Techers makes more money if they return. It's a business. They don't give two shits about you guys. I'm sorry, and I'm just saying that. It's not that they don't personally care about you, but from the business standpoint, you guys, it's a business. Now the nurses and the people that are in the trenches will probably help you troubleshoot that, but the doctor's gonna do what's easy. I kid you not, I left that day, and he gave me the referral. He said, this is what I'm going to do. I walked out, and I turned, and I went, do we call them, or do they call us, or how does that work? And he goes, oh, he said, they'll call you today, next week. He goes, whenever they can get it in. I'm like, wow, that's reassuring. Reassuring. right. How does a referral work? Yeah, so, okay. We have... We have got some nurses in the room, I know, or some retired nurses, and we've got some healthcare people. Her question is, how does a referral work? When a doctor did what he did that day with my family, he said, I'm gonna make a referral to a pulmonologist. How does that work? Is it computer generated? Is it a phone
4: call? It's not a phone call.
0: Okay. So it's computer generated through their if it's in the same network. If it's in the same network, they're going to put in the system, plug in who the referrals to and she says she'll get a phone call within the day or next day. Or they play golf with. Or somebody, that's the good old boy system. The golfing buddy that they that they want to Business to, and by the way, that's not a bad thing. I mean, as real estate agents, we refer to our preferred vendors and people that we're in business with, and we usually become friends with them
2: too, and we like them.
0: But here's the thing you always have freedom of choice, right? Matt?
2: So, with the referral system, say, where for instance, are my
0: mic I can talk that out loud. It could have been a walker.
2: With, uh, going back to talking about referrals, so say for instance it's not within a hospital system who has every level of care there is. Right. Uh, say it's an individual uh, practitioner, um, they're going to write the order for home health or hospice or whatever it is, physical therapy, whatever it is, and then as the nurse gets that chart and they go through, they see it's been ordered, that, that nurse makes the referral to that third-party provider.
0: Okay, and about how, how long do you think that should take for turnaround time generally?
2: Right. Typically, it's the same day um, where. Uh, typically, it's the same day. They need to send records uh, along with it, so a lot of times we we'll wait till after clinic's over, so we may not get it until the next day. Okay. But, um, yeah. So basically. there's a lot more that goes
0: on behind the scenes than what the patient realizes, right? And it's our responsibility to follow up. I will tell you that my dad, my stepdad, went last week on what was it Wednesday. And we have only received today is Thursday of the following week we've only received one of the referrals uh, the pulmonologist and now we're waiting on physical therapy and whatever the other one was okay yeah
2: some of that could also be waiting on insurance authorization to approve that service
0: and it can also be that you just need to call and they go oh I have it right here it got stuck on the bottom of the pile is that fair Matt absolutely yes. Yes. All right, so practicing fiscal responsibility. This was a big one that came up from all of my folks as well that I asked. It was also a big thing in his book, Uh, How to Treat, uh, Treat Me, Not My Age. Fiscal responsibility, what does that really mean? Well, cost, right? Trying to keep costs down. Not just for you, but for the whole entire system, right? And so fiscal responsibility means keeping track of your bills I don't know about you guys but those explanations of benefits are a nightmare right impossible so now imagine the 98 year old person who isn't really capable maybe because they're physically ill or not well or trying to recover from a surgery trying to deal with that so back to the notebook Margaret's idea, my friend the nurse said, keep a notebook, make sure you have everything that was done that day, and then when you receive that bill, you go back and you compare it with what was actually done that day. Because how many of you have ever had something not done but you got a bill that said you had it? Yeah. And then to go back and who do you have to call to get that changed? Everybody and their brother. Because the Medicare is going to tell you it's not their problem, it's the doctor's office. The doctor's office is going to tell you it's Medicare. Medicare is going to tell you it's a supplement. The supplements going to tell you whatever they tell you. So it, it's really important, though, I think for the sake of our Medicare system, that we be attentive to that. There's so much fraud going on out there, you guys. There are people billing stuff to people that don't even go to the doctor. And if nobody questions it, it just keeps happening. It just keeps happening. Uh, the other thing that she said was, sometimes you need tests, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you just had that test run or that lab run, at another doctor, and then this doctor wants to run the labs that you just had done a month ago. right? And if you don't need them again, provide them with the labs or tell them where you had them done so that they can access them rather than paying for them again, yes? Yes,
1: and
0: I get the doctor's angry. And the doctor is not going to be happy about that. Right, but that's your, that's your choice. Now obviously if it's not the right labs or if he needs today labs versus last month labs for surgeries and things like that, I get it. But my stepdad went in and asked him if they would do an x-ray for his shoulder and when he showed us the results of the x-ray, he went into his computer system and there were line-by-line tests that he had done, had done over the years. Now mind you, I'm new to the team of Healthcare Kevin, okay? So, I'm looking at this list, and he had x-rays, shoulder x-ray, shoulder x-ray, shoulder x-ray. I said, did you have your shoulder x-rayed in 16, 17, and 14? And he goes, I don't remember. I said, you don't remember having your shoulder x-rayed? No. Well, you did, (laughs) evidently, because they have x-rays. But the doctor did not pull up those records to see if he had had his shoulder x-rayed before he just x-rayed it. He could have had that shoulder x-ray last week and not remember it. memory memory not good. So the doctor didn't look at his chart and say, well, you just had a shoulder x-ray you know, last year. and Has something changed? Instead, what happens? We have a brand new x-ray. Then the doctor said, we can go ahead and do an MRI on it. And I said, for what purpose? He said, well, if he has a torn rotator cuff, we can do surgery. I said, Kevin, do you want to have surgery on your shoulder? He said, No. I said, we don't need an MRI, we need physical therapy. He said, well it's been this way a while. I said, yeah, you're right, we like physical therapy. <laughs> I am doctor's worst nightmare, as you can imagine right now. So he's getting physical, he's gonna get physical therapy. Physical therapy, if will never call. Okay, so, is physical therapy least invasive? compared to surgery. Yes. When someone already has enough problems in their life, and this isn't really painful, it's just annoying, should they get surgery? Probably not, but it's their choice, right? But the doctor was assuming, we want to do MRI, we'll just do surgery. He didn't even ask, if we see that you need surgery, would you want to have surgery? Right, it's not tumor, it's a shoulder that doesn't go higher than middle. Okay? Um, let's go into uh, Referrals we talked about responsibility. There's uh, under fiscal responsibility, guys. There's a lot of things um, that Dr. Smith is going to talk about. What about billing? Billing coding. Billing coding. What? What about billing coding? Yes. When we
3: code something, wrong. hmm
0: And then you try to get it fixed. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the gospel, You're right. Would you please write that question down? Because that's going to be a Doctor Smith question. And when he and I talked, he said, Nikki, I can talk to them about every aspect of the healthcare process of those kinds of questions. And I think that would be good to know. Yeah. What happens? How does that? You know, how does that work? Okay. Um, some healthcare services are widely overused, and then you'll see now the, the third one there is they're underused. What do you think is overused? Let's just name a few. ER. Urgent care. We just talked about a few of them. What are some of the the services that are overused? MRIs. CT scans. Lab work. Okay, so some of these things are they're overused or maybe they're misused, right? So now what are some of the things that are widely underused, especially some of you folks out there in the healthcare world? What are people not using that they could be using or should be using? Physical therapy, occupational therapy, home health care, speech therapy, palliative care, hospice care. Right? So there's lots of different and by the way, you ready for this? I don't think it's on this slide, maybe it's on the next one. Western medicine is not the only option available. What are some of the more non-traditional healthcare options? Oh yeah. That's the class change, it's fine. Yeah, do you like that cartoon? Those who've already self-diagnosed their symptoms on Google and just want a second opinion check yahoo.com.
1: <laughs>
0: that's good. And my my response would be, that's why I'm here. You're the yahoo.com. That <laughs> probably wouldn't go over well. My dad did to pull it off. All right. So, Western, what are some other, besides regular mainstream medicine stuff that can be used sometimes <laughs> that's not used? Acupuncture. Yeah. Chiropractic. Chiropractic. CBD. All this- CBD. All these holistic medicines that we're talking about, yeah. Doctors of osteopathy for years have been saying that we're doing too much of the mainstream medicine and not enough of the other. What about meditation? You know, isn't it interesting that we are so excited here in Oklahoma to have medical marijuana for uh, some of the minor frustrations in life. I'm not negating people have major issues they should be dealing with that. But I'm just talking about, I get I get decide myself, it'd be easy to pop a Xanax or take some sort of a sedative, right? How many people are trying to medica- meditation, meditation, not medication, but meditation daily? Maybe meditate daily. Purposefully meditate, okay? It's proven to reduce blood pressure. It's proven to help with weight loss and circulation and all of these things, and yet we're in the doctor's offices, right? So I won't get too far down that path. We're gonna have Maria here. She's our massage therapist. Maria is self- I say self-trained. She's she's been going to all these specialty trainings for massage. She's trained in medical massage. She's amazing. She's private practice over with a chiropractor of a 50th and meridian. And I had a 90-minute massage last night for 85 bucks. And let me tell you something. I can't live without it. Lower back pain. <laughs> Um, she makes my anxiety go away. I mean, I, 85 bucks, guys. And if I, if I could see her every other day, I would. Um, seriously. But it, not every massage therapist is good, right? There are some people that do relaxation massage, or what they call Swedish massage, and then there are people who do therapeutic massage. That's different right and so look for somebody who can deal with some of these circulation issues and stuff like that and not simply just the doctor like have you tried some other stuff right Um, sometimes what ails us really doesn't require a medical doctor and here's my notes under that do you know that one of the number one reasons that um, older people that are homebound go to the doctor (laughs) to get out to be with people for socialization for companionship And so what happens is, they go to the doctor, we're going to bill Medicare for a social visit. And it's because they want their son or daughter, niece or nephew or granddaughter, whoever it is, to come and get them and take them to lunch and go get their hair done after the doctor's appointment. They feel guilty just calling them for the hair appointment and the lunch. But if they have a doctor's appointment, that's a legit reason to call. You guys get it? So I'm sure you have people like that in your life. Don't be one. If you need social activity, go get social activity. Right? There's plenty of ways to do this. Why we have Villages of KC going on, right? That's their purpose, is to help create community so that people aren't going to the doctor for community. That's not where you're going to go for community. Okay. I'm I'm going to get through these. I'm sorry. And then then we're going to open it up. Prevention and planning. Okay. So, are you ready? Everybody had their flu shot? Yes. If you have not, should you probably go get one? Yes. Uh, Mary Mangus told us, uh, Steve said that, that uh, flu type A and B are now both confirmed here in Oklahoma City area, or Oklahoma, one of the two. I had one of them, I don't know what it was, but I got it for my grandkids, I had it the week before, the week after they started giving flu shots. Guys, it's here already, so don't wait. It's supposed to be bad. It, it's supposed to be. It's always bad, but when you're ill or frail or work around or live around or around other people who shouldn't have this, it's not you I'm worried about. It's the other people. Yeah. Um. I was. I mean, I was literally out of. If I would had it still today, I wouldn't have been here. Chris would have been here, right? Because you can't. You'll affect everybody, and that's the challenge with really, it, right? um so prevention on the other side of prevention how many of you started a plant-based diet after dr smith talked about it good job cholesterol down more than 50 points in five weeks boom Chris,
1: blood pressure down yeah Yeah.
0: in six weeks we started six weeks ago he's going to go have his check his cholesterol check plant-based diet We've basically gone vegan on you, so. I also lost 15 pounds. And lost 15 pounds, good for you. Got to decrease my metformin this week. Got to decrease your metformin, which is for? Pre-diabetes, Pre-diabetes or diabetes. Pre-diabetes or diabetes, good for you, girl, all right? So we know plant-based can help, right? Uh, it may not solve all the world's problems, but it's solving some pretty big ones, isn't it? Right. so it's not that hard. It sure does make fast food impossible.
1: <laughs> Which is a good
0: Burger uh, King. Burger King has a new plant-based burger. The problem is you still have to eat it with bread. Okay. Yeah, so so that's that's on the prevention thing. Here's what my doc said that I talked to the two docs said. Make sure that if you're seventy or older that you go out and you get your baseline baseline routine exams. Uh, you can look on the Mayo Clinic site for the recommended ones or ask your doc, but your doc may not necessarily recommend you get them, you may have to ask for them, but he's talking about, you know, you need things like you need an ophthalmology exam, uh, he's an ear, nose and throat guy, so he thinks along those lines, right? But you need to have basically your basic systems, you need a baseline, because how do you know if it's getting worse if you don't know where you started, right? So that's the key there. Um, he also said, make sure you get a shot for shingles. <clears throat> shingles are terrible, you guys. I mean, my dad, I, I, I thought he didn't have a nervous breakdown. It was terrible, terrible. <clears throat> um, and then this other one is uh, falls. <clears throat> and this isn't a side note. This is a big thing. Falls. One of the number one reasons people go downhill and end up in the hospital and ultimately in nursing care is falls. How do you prevent falls besides Removing rugs and things like that in your house. Number one reason that you can <laughs> prevent it? <of that. coughs> exercise.
2: Exercise, exercise and balance.
0: balance. <laughs> right? So, who does that kind of stuff? The, the why? Swimming is great for
4: people with joint
0: pain and can't do a little walking. The cube offers Tai Chi. The we fit the home your home system we need help setting that up i think we could probably arrange for that um, the health and wellness center has group classes now if you're at home and you don't want to go do a group class get your doctor tell him you feel a little wobbly
4: you'd like to have some what
0: physical therapy Physical therapists are temporary they come out they help you get your exercises, plan in order they assess every day they look at your medications make sure that, that you're doing safe things for you and then if you do them, should you improve? Yes? Women, the number one thing for women is bone density and muscle mass right? We lose bone density and muscle mass as we age so if we don't work on those things then we get frail and then we fall. And when we fall, sometimes we fall because we're frail, sometimes we are frail and that causes us to fall. Okay? And it can happen to men too. It's just not as frequent.
1: Joy?
0: Pneumonia shots. Pneumonia shots, yes. Um, I want to bring this up because I think uh, a lot of people don't think about it. Oh, I want to give you one more book. Write this book down for those of you who uh, are okay with outside mainstream medicine. There is a book that is, uh, I, li- I listen to him because I like hearing him talk, but his name is Dr. Bruce Lipton, L-I-P-T-O-N. And he has a book called The Biology of Belief. The Biology of Belief. And if you think that your belief system doesn't impact your physiology, you are gonna be in for a surprise because scientifically proven, that what you think about actually you manifest, right? So I'm going to leave it with that. If you want to pick up that book, it's a good one. Okay. Surgery, I've had several people say to me that the doctor told them they couldn't have surgery because they're too old. You know what my response is? Find a new doctor. I did a lot of research on this topic, you guys, and it's not about your age. It's about your overall, what they call your physiology, reserves. So if you're over overly, if you're fairly healthy and you're 103, they'll do gallbladder surgery. They'll take your gallbladder out. If you're not, if you have a heart condition and diabetes and all these other things going on, it's more risky, right? So the goal is to stay otherwise healthy and then surgery, <coughs> if it's needed at some point, is on the table. Now, invasive back surgery, hip replacement, all these different things, it's all about the doctor. The doctor may do it, he may not. And if you don't like the answer, just keep going until you find a doctor who will do it. It's your choice. It's your body, right? Not let them to what they will or won't do. You know why they don't want to do it, right? Because if you die on the operating table, that affects their what? It affects their credibility. It affects their reimbursements. It affects their, say it again, reputation yeah Um, okay so everyone needs an advocate when they go to the doctor this has been said here before time and time again this isn't because we don't think you can do it yourself this is because when you don't feel good you need another set of eyes and ears right Um, if you're at the doctor chances are you're there because you don't feel good and then last but not least there's not a magic pill that when you're retired doctor uh, Deepak Chopra says, if you're retired, exercise is your job. It is your J-O-B. What else do you have to do? I mean, only about 10 of you raised your hand and said you were volunteering more than full time. The rest of you, I'm wondering, what are you doing? If you're a caregiver, okay, yeah. I can promise you, Fox & Friends will be there when you get back from your walk, I promise you. And so will every other soap opera and game show and everything else, okay. So I'm gonna open it up, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna ask whether you're a sponsor or someone here to share your advice, right? You're the experts in the room. Some of you have already done that. And so we're gonna bring you a mic, okay? And what I'd like for you to do is stand up so everybody can see you and hold the mic close and then share what advice you have for this group. Share your wisdom. I'm talking about needing an advocate. When you go to the doctor? Yes, ma'am. Uh I had to go yesterday. Chris, will you help her out? I'm gonna have you hold the mic for her. Yeah, I know not everybody's a rock star. But, all right.
4: I had to go yesterday. I uh, knew where my kids could go. I uh, wasn't sure. sure. I thought well, I don't think I can remember. I recorded. I asked the doctor first recorded what he said very very happy to the second one he said i don't feel comfortable about it but i will at the end summarize everything i've said on the recording or recording oh great so you just use your phone yes so one of them recorded everything that i was in there the other doctor recorded and summarized what he had said already beautiful
0: well is that good advice
4: Okay. yeah now if you
0: have a smartphone and you're not sure how to use a recorder on your smartphone, just ask any 12-year-old
1: um, so ask
0: or ask the doctor. Or in all fairness, just come up we'll show you. It's easy to do. It's literally, if you have an apple, it's a swipe and a button. It's not hard, and then we'll show you how to use it. Yeah. Yes,
4: two things to share. I had real good luck with in rehab at a certain place several years ago, and so now when I need to go to rehab, I just ask the doctor, "Is it okay?" Blah, blah blah blah, and he's always approved at the different ones. And I know the insurance. she takes my insurance, so that was the first. Second, well, hang one, on, right? oh, go ahead. Keep going. Second, one, um, went to get a flu shot this week along with four other people came in behind me. In our area, the different places, the pharmacy at Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, and there was one more, they were out. They were out already? Yes. So like at CVS, they said it would be another two weeks before they would get in a supply. So Uh, real
0: quick, would you mind sharing who your rehab place was that you were so happy with? can recall <laughs> <laughs> if you think of it raise your hand yeah because if you have a place or you have a or somebody you want to recommend feel free to do that because we all need to know I've had experience with value stand up can please pretty please I've had excellent experience with value twice okay great what kind of rehab like for surgeries or after extended hospitalization maybe. okay so you're talking like ground yeah. zero starting a okay perfect thank you for that Chris's family, uh, his cousins actually own and operate that. So we feel proud when people say that they have a good experience
2: out there. Anya? So my mom moved here a year ago yesterday, actually. And so we had she had the same doctor for 27 years. So coming here was interesting. So we got her medical records. And we found that, and again, it's the different doctors not talking. She was on two medications that were counteractive. And she had no idea, right? Because her doctors are getting the They're not communicating. And also, by getting a new doctor, we got her off three medications because her doctor had been writing the same prescription for 15 years. He just got complacent. She thought because he was writing it, she should be taking it. So it's almost a good idea to yeah. switch doctors to get a different perspective. And so that was a lot of medication she should not have been taking for a lot of years. Very good thank you and there's actually
0: some folks out there too nurses and pharmacists that will review your medications and just do that they'll just review your medications so that they can kind of assess what but then you go back to your doctor and ask him those questions right your, pharmacist is your, best friend. your far well so your pharmacist is your best friend joy if you have a pharmacist that will stop long enough to actually have a consultation with you no, never. <laughs> she's saying never Who's your pharmacist only in pharmacy where
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay
0: so, so joy says she trusts her pharmacist doctor. more than the doctor okay you've got the
4: mic yeah I was just gonna, based on what she just said we have a cvs by us that is awesome they will help you with anything in the pharmacy um what was i going to say well, this is why we write things down. This is, this
0: is exactly why we write things down. Yeah. I went up the stairs three times today to pick up the same thing. Okay.
4: <laughs> um, it was about medication. And tell me here, Liz, if your insurance covers a home health visit annually, take it. They will go over all of that and everything that's in your health and your home if you want them to go over your home to help you do checks, wonderful and you know we have two amazing home health
0: agencies that we have as sponsors here providence and etc and so maybe talk with them about looking into that uh, if you would like to have that done
2: just a question that might help everybody else too is, is there a podcast or any any kind of training that you're aware of that Helps you to be a patient advocate?
0: To help you be a patient advocate?
2: You yeah, said everybody needs a patient advocate. Not everybody knows
0: being, how to be a patient advocate. That, have,
2: uh, that's a no great question.
0: Yeah, uh, okay, Marilyn uh, or Matt or one of you guys, the question is is there some sort of training or education or class or podcast or book on how to be a good patient advocate? Yeah, or a savvy one. Or a savvy one?
2: Um, yeah. I, I'm just to speak. I, I think of Malia, our friend, mm-hmm. it's experience. It's doing it and having care for it, number one, but also having a background done it, doing it over and over again. And I think that's where, what you would say the same, Marilyn, as you've done it for so many years with so many different people. It's finding that experience. you have a bossy woman or a bossy nurse? <laughs> <laughs> a bossy woman or
0: a bossy nurse? I think you're thinking more of how do I become a good patient advocate, right? Checklist. Yeah, so if you're a caregiver for someone or you have a friend, neighbor, family member, how do you know what to do to help that person? Okay, so that's it, that's a homework assignment for you guys. All of you between now and next month, let's see what we can find. And if you have something, bring it, because I know you're here every month, so we'll make sure you get it right. Now you're obligated to be here next month, I'm just (laughs) saying.
4: Side gal, so she's south. Unfortunately, for a lot of these people, it's OKC Physical Therapy South at 9913 South Pennsylvania, and Deborah Horsh H O R S C H. She runs it, and it's a small practice, but you know. I could be there an hour, an hour and a half, it doesn't matter where in some of the larger places, 40, 40 to 45 minutes cut off. You right? Yeah. doesn't matter. Very yeah. good. And that's one reason I really like it. Well done. Thank you for that. Okay? Yes, ma'am? I've had my same room apologist for about 18 years and she left go to California to be with grandbabies. I liked her a lot and probably my favorite dog. And how do I go about finding a rheumatologist that is very savvy on lupus and our scleroderma?
0: Who's got a really great rheumatologist they can recommend? Anybody? Write that on your evaluation. Okay, and we'll do some research and some digging. Now, here's what I want. Here's what I want you to hear on this: is that uh, geriatricians, right? A lot of times, they will help you put that team together because they get all of those comorbid things going on, right? So, if you don't find the rheumatologist, and you you can go back to your doctor and say who are the best ones. Now, you can also go uh, if you're online go to that website that I gave you guys that's the Oklahoma Board of Medicine and do a search for Oklahoma County or whatever county you're in and search for someone with that specialty okay and that'll give you a list to
4: start with my doctor referred me and I did not like the choice
0: so the doctor preferred the one and you don't like them so you're you're looking to replace them Good, okay, write those on your eval. Uh, Stephen and Jill
2: had something to add too. Um, if you have someone, if you're computer savvy or someone in your family is, uh, I'm lucky Mary is, uh, she prints out, every time I have an appointment, she prints out my medications and I just take them with me and I give it to the nurse and she's happy and, and it's, it's just really, really, really simple. Perfect,
0: I love it. Mary, what would we do without you? What would he do without you? I don't That's know. Best for the That's the better question, yeah. Jill, um, I just want to share with everybody that I think it's just human nature and to be kind and to offer to go with somebody. Somebody's got a patient advocate in two ears and two eyes or about four ears
4: or better than two. And so I know people ask me to go to the doctor with them and it's just a nice gesture. I go with residents at Spanish Coast from time to time. And it's also nice for you
0: to offer those services to your friends because it is good to go with somebody to hear that information. Not everybody has children, and not everybody has friends that they can rely on, but it's nice to offer that to somebody. Yeah, I agree. And you know, I would make a recommendation to, if you're going to go with somebody, like I go with family members, uh, it's awkward for the doctor sometimes, right? So you walk in, the doctor wants to honor you because you're the patient, and we've done a really good job of training them to speak to the patient, not to the daughter, son, or whoever's there. But you kind of the pendulum has swung too far the other way. So if you're the person who's going for the appointment, you go in, say to the doctor or the nurse, "This is my daughter. This is my friend Joe, and they're going to sit in and take notes uh, during the appointment. I just want to make you aware of who they are, because doesn't context matter, right? I sat there that whole appointment that one day, and that doctor had no clue who I was. Nobody introduced me. Nobody, he didn't introduce himself. And I thought, yeah, this guy is, uh, he's terrible. I'd fire him in a heartbeat. But my dad
2: won't. Yeah. So I just want to give a bit of advice relating to Medicare Open Enrollment, which starts on Tuesday. And unless you are in a retiree plan through your place you used to work, you need to check your options. And that's something that we help with at the insurance department where I work. We help people make sure that they have the right insurance plan for what's going to cost them the least amount of money. In particular, your Part D for your prescription coverage. So those plans change drastically from year to year. And you may have signed up on one when you started Medicare and think, oh, well, it's working for me, I won't look at it. But those prices um, are very drastically different. And if you can save money on your prescriptions, wouldn't you rather use that money for something better than paying more than you need to? So I would encourage you to take a look at that if you don't know how it's through medicare.gov or we can help you do that and we also take appointments to help people do that
0: when can they start doing that
2: um uh, so open enrollment starts october 15th through december 7th and that's your time to change for the next year
0: when can they start making appointments with you for consultation? we've already been booking appointments
2: okay so they can go get your car now and make that appointment with you guys yes and because there are so many advertisements on tv regarding this and things that are sounding probably too good to be true, they often are. So don't be sold on something that you think is going to give you the world when it probably won't, and just help us uh, what can help you take a look at it to make sure. Absolutely. And I've been told, too, there, there are
0: several educators out there on this topic that are not insurance uh, department related, and some of them are really
1: good, and they are educators.
0: And then there are salespeople. Okay, so you have to differentiate between the person who's presenting in order to get you to buy their product versus the person who's presenting you the options to choose. So just be aware of that uh, as well as the whole scams on supplements. That's the other thing, these supplement things. You know, oh, these supplements you should take. That's a scam. Talk to your doctor before you take them.
4: Janet, You were talking about the binder you that the nurse recommended that you take because we can't, I can't pronounce of the medications right and the names are long right papers not always a if different people are taking a lot one to the doctor my um, one of my best friends is an older lady and myself and her son both take her to the doctor we now have taken pictures of her medication list and um, they actually are really nice to us when we hand them our phone and all of those are printed or are on the picture and then we can share the current one between the two of us and that way, it's always current. We don't have to remember where the book is or what the thinking colour, all the words are. So it's very helpful to have a picture of the medications as well. Great.
3: Yeah,
0: I do that a lot. I'll just shoot a picture of the pill bottle, right? And unfortunately, they're round, so sometimes you have to be careful. <laughs> yes, ma'am. One service
1: that
3: we have participated in is called Provider Ride, and it's a United Way. It's a retired senior service volunteer that provide a ride, the people who take, and I would provide a ride, volunteer. You can also be an advocate. I have friends that I, or clients that I take, and they ask me to go in with them to tell the doctor, or to listen and to also tell the doctor that I'm the volunteer driver and also, they're more helpful if they realize that you can't wait a long time because I have a volunteer driver so I need to get into the doctor soon because my volunteer driver is so, um, That helps. And to listen and write down and let the other person know that you're doing it because you're a volunteer. Right.
0: I love it. And you know, if you're not familiar with the Retired Senior Volunteer Program, uh, it, it's it's one of the best programs out there. It's been around a long time. The Retired Senior Volunteer Program, RSVP for short. And they have this program. It's one of their programs called Provide a Ride. And can contact them for, for rides to hospital visits, or doctor visits, rather, doctors, dentists, any medical visit. And it's it was designed for low-income seniors, um, so they basically asked, are you able to pay? And if you're not able to pay, it, the ride is free. If you can't pay, then you can make a donation uh, back to Retired Senior Volunteer Program. They don't require it, but you can do that. Um, it's definitely a worthwhile program. Yes, sir. I
2: just want to mention I just want to mention that the ride drivers do receive mileage compensation uh, to a drunk
0: and they need drivers desperately.
2: And they need drivers desperately. But there is mileage compensation.
0: Yeah, and insurance—they help with that. So I think so. Here's the thing: if you're looking for a way to volunteer, I will tell you I did that for a little while, and it—it's probably one of the most rewarding things you can do because a lot of times it's people have—they're perfectly physically capable. Sometimes they have macular degeneration; they can't can't see to drive, or their spouse always drove and they never drove, or they're epileptic. There's some people who're perfectly capable, physically body, but they're just some reason they can't drive. Others—they're scared to drive. Um, there's different reasons that people uh, do it. It's not a wheelchair thing or any of that. It's for people who can get in and out of their vehicle. And what's fun is a lot of these people become friends, you know, because you just chat on the way to and from. Okay, did everybody learn something today? Yes. Okay, good. So, how many of you want to come just as a? You don't have to. I'm not asking you to commit, but I'm asking how many of you are thinking you might be coming down to the 22nd to see Doctor Smith? Okay. All right. Good number of you. In, in. So it's uh no the it's in the more Norman motet behind uh, south south Penn. and like i said we're going to provide some transportation and what we'll probably do is pick people up either here or someplace uh on the northwest side of town maybe like the uh, baptist putnam baptist, baptist city putnam city baptist church or someplace like that will let us use their parking lot and then we'll pick people up there and drop them back off there so if you mark on your eval that you would like to attend, we will contact you. So on your, eval, on your eval, it says down here, I would like to attend the next month's seminar. But if you want to attend, put on there, right on there, October 22nd. Right on there, October 22nd as well. And we'll make sure that you get contacted. Okay? What? There's no checkbox. I know there's no checkbox. Where so I'm saying you got to write October 22nd on there. That is a Tuesday.
1: Yes, ma'am. Oh, I have it on the
2: slide. That's right. I
0: knew I put it somewhere. There
1: it is. Okay.
0: So those are next month's seminars on this topic, I'm Flipping the Money Switch. Write down October 22nd right there next to that if you'd like to registered for Dr. Smith's talk on the 22nd all right so I'm going to encourage you we have um, we have some amazing people that are in this field um, Matt and his group with Oklahoma Hospice where's uh, Brian Banks back here in Providence um, do we have an extender person here
1: had to go had to go okay
0: and of course all of our people that are with senior living communities have great knowledge with uh with health care issues and then of course maryland's back there with uh, okc villages guys every single person back there has got great knowledge on this and all you have to do is pick up the phone and call don't ever think you're without a resource and if they don't know the answer i don't know the answer we will direct you to somebody who does all right y'all make it a great day
1: Stay out of the rain, we'll see you in the next go-around.